entrepreneurs, business owners, professionals who seek excellence, bringing the business classroom to you. It's the Business Builders Show. Here's Marty Wolf. We still got a long way to go. Yes, we all got a long way to go. Welcome to the Business Builders Show with Marty Wolf. The show for entrepreneurs, business owners, and business leaders. I'm Marty Wolf, your host for the Business Builder Show, and along with my executive producer, D.C. Taylor, we will be your guides on this learning journey. Let me tell you my super objective in being with you today. I want to enthusiastically share stories and information to inspire leaders so they can inspire others. I'm proud to let you know we record the Business Builder Show in the studios of 94.3 FM The Talker, which is part of Bold Gold Media, and we are in Scranton, Pennsylvania. The Business Builder Show is distributed by C-Suite Radio. You can find all our shows and many other fine shows at C-Suite Radio. That's c-suiteradio.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. My special guest with me today is Greg Stubbe. Hiya, Greg. How are you, sir? Hi, Marty. Great. Thanks for having me. Um, I hope I get this right. Uh, Sergeant First Class, United States Army, retired. That's the proper way to say that, sir? That's correct. Okay. Well, I got that part right, too. So welcome to the Business Builder Show. Um, I want to talk to you about your great book. The title is Conquer Anything, A Green Beret's Guide to Building Your A-Team. A green, a green Beret's Guide to Building Your A-Team. So that'll give us a little bit of clue, <laughs> something to come. In the intro, though, it says here in a, in, a, in a PR sheet that I got, it says, Conquer Anything is a special forces book, but even more than that is a leadership book designed to help each other, help each of us, rather, achieve the highest possible goals in our professional and private lives. So that's what we're going to talk about. So, Greg... I understand that you were seriously injured in Afghanistan in 2006. So tell me about that to set the stage, and we'll start talking about your journey after that. Yes, sir. Uh, I joined the Army in 1988. Um, and and back in that in those days, I really wanted to be Rambo, and I thought that I thought that they would uh, quickly train me to become Rambo and go and face the world's enemies, and I'd come back and, and brief the president in the Oval Office or something. <laughs> yeah, it didn't really work out that it didn't way. Ha- it didn't happen that way. Okay. <laughs> no, no. Okay. So at, after a couple of years, uh, I became promotable to the rank of sergeant, and at that point, uh, you're eligible to try out for the special forces, and that's. Um, you know, those are the Green Berets, those snake eater guys. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Got it. you know, at that point, I was so young. Uh, I mean, I still had Simulac on my breath. I wasn't able to, to, to really manage much maturity wise, but I tried anyway. And somehow I slipped through the cracks and I made it. And I wound up on A teams in the special forces and, yeah. and wearing that Green Beret. I, uh, it just took me places that challenged everything about who I was and what I believed in. I was the medical sergeant on an A-team, and, and after about 18 years of that, um, I was the one who got wounded. 
and I didn't prepare for that so well, but I lost a lot of my intestines and, and I had a leg nearly severed, um, vascular surgery restored it. Um, but I had third degree burns over a good percentage, full thickness. And I just had, um, disabling issues from my war wounds that, that hospitalized me on and off for a year and a half through 17 surgeries. And, Mm. uh, and some of what it taught me is has just been such a revelation in life for me that I'm not sure I could trade it. Mm. I could go back and, and make it where it didn't happen. I'm not sure I would take that away because uh, I think I live better with this with this awareness now. Yeah, I just reviewed your book on Amazon. By the way, people, you can get the book Conquer Anything. Greg Stubbe is the author, and you can get it on Amazon. I just wrote a review, and basically what I said was uh, you had a lot of lessons learned in uh, in those injuries and the uh, getting better as a result of those, and now you are a teacher. Um, to set the stage for my next question, I do want to read something right out of the book. <clears throat> so there's no curveballs here. I'm just reading what you wrote. It's on page 31. It says this. I was just beginning to understand that people who've lived like that, like I had all those years aren't whole. I was starting to understand how shallow I'd been. I was beginning to see there are two halves to what makes a person whole. To complete a real code for success in life. It would take a lot more pain and trouble before I would understand any of this. I'm going to repeat that first sentence. I was just beginning to understand that people who lived like I had all those years aren't whole. You got to talk to me more about that, Greg. Well, it's it's a one-sided perspective that I had for years. And, and there's a couple aspects that I like to look at in those terms. One is the element of service. Um, you know, what are we serving? And, and that some of that relates to our self-image. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do we see ourselves? And then, of course, the next component to that is, is uh, how do others actually see us? And are we useful? Are we serving others the way we're being served? Or is our ego just catering to us? Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I had a big old chip on my shoulder. And I, I thought that I was the picture of service because I was the soldier with a weapon fighting our enemies. Mm. Uh, but, but when I wound up in the hospital, I started seeing the other half, the other side, that's not a rock, it's not an island, and there was no tough guy present in my hospital bed. Mm. Uh, mm. I had people coming in and serving me in excruciating ways, wiping my butt for me, mm. these strangers. I went from Green Beret to needing their help just to make it, just to survive. Mm. And it, it reminded me that from birth, Starting with Mama, there have been people serving me and supporting me in ways that I've never supported anyone else. And so here's to here's to Mama, because yeah. Mama, you know, she can be tired, hungry, sick, injured. None of that matters. She's serving us through the night, making us comfortable, putting us first and making decisions for our well-being, not her own reputation. Uh, and that's. Uh, yeah. stark contrast to how I'd been living my life. A hell of a way to learn the lesson, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But like you said, yeah, you, way, you wouldn't trade it. Interesting. Uh, you actually, towards the beginning of the book, during this whole segment where you're talking about all this, you actually talk about, I don't know if you say the feminine side or the maternal instinct or, or something like that. And I guess that's the other half 
I guess that's what you're kind of describing. So, so go a little deeper on that. You know, again, uh, I've got this vision of Rambo. I see pictures in the book. You look like Rambo to me, man. You know, and um, but now you're talking about this softer side. Uh, so, talk to me a little bit more about that. Well, and and part of the problem to me is that is that we see it as a softer side. Ah. but I but I know. From from more than two decades as an American fighting soldier going around the world, uh, I know that what we do is not barbaric and tough and mean or angry. There's no vengeance involved. We're acting in out of love and compassion around the world. When we fight, we're fighting for reasons of freedom and human condition. And those are things that Americans love. We love freedom. And, and, and we care about the human condition no matter where it is on the planet. And we've proven that we'll go anywhere to support those things and, and sacrifice blood and treasure to do it. Mm-hmm. So I, I challenge the assertion that it's all about being tough because love and compassion goes more back to mama and our support networks. And mm-hmm. uh, if we fight out of love and compassion, then we don't have to regret it. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think – and I think feminine virtues in that way are important. Uh, and there's a maternal nature, a maternal instinct that's pretty powerful. And if you if you don't think it exists, look at the tough gladiator football player that makes it to the end zone in the Super Bowl. As soon as he sees the cameras are dialed in on him, he he slinks down like he doesn't have a bone in his body. And he says, hi, mom. <laughs> yeah, it comes you back know? to that, doesn't it? You know, it comes back right. to that. You uh, compare and contrast. Obviously, you were talking about your experiences as a Green Beret, but you you write this for the business world. You write this for everybody who is facing challenges. That's why the title is Conquer Anything. And by the way, my Greg, uh, my guest again is Greg Stubbe, S-T-U-B-E. And Greg, tell me your website because I know you're on the professional speaking circuit now. So tell me your website so people can follow you. Uh, gregstube.com g-r-e-g-s-t-u-b-e dot com gregstube.com all right so back to my question to this compare contrast you know your experience so did you have that in mind when you wrote the book hey listen i have these lessons but i think these lessons apply everywhere actually you use the phrase fort living room I love that, Greg. I love that. So a long-winded way of asking, tell me more about this whole idea of Fort Living Room, and that's uh, for anybody, I guess. So talk to me about that. Well, as proud as I am to see bumper stickers that say I support the troops, that's that's evidence that we that we maintain a culture of service. And I'm happy about that. But we don't need to get it upside down. What we really need to focus on is not Fort Bragg or Fort Benning or Fort Lewis. We need to focus on Fort Living Room because the culture of freedom and the culture of America is paramount. It is the reason we have military and for all the freedom we fight for uh, I've witnessed what the human condition allows for when freedom is granted without law and order so thank a police officer today uh, because freedom without law and order just means that everyone can hit you over the head and take your stuff (laughs) (laughs) yeah there you go (laughs) so 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 the reason I emphasize this is because Fort Living Room is 
where mama's the commander. It's it's where the fabric of freedom thrives and exists. And yeah. we don't indoctrinate our soldiers. They join voluntarily and yeah. they raise their right hand, writing that blank check up to and including the value of their life. Yeah. And they do it. They do it because they know life in America and freedom are valuable enough. We don't have to indoctrinate them. But if we fail at Fort Living Room, there is no leader. Uh, there is no president that tells us how to treat our neighbor uh, or, or, or be a, a good father or a good husband. Yeah, interesting. Uh, interesting. And, and so, so that fabric, the fabric of freedom is what's important. And we wouldn't even have a military if it wasn't good enough uh, that people would die to protect it. Yeah, so you also a whole chapter devote a whole chapter to your support network. So, so talk to me about that. You know, for what you wrote in the book or anything else you'd like to add, and tell me how important your support network is, and did you always value that support network? I don't think I valued my support. There were two critical, <laughs> two critical events in my life: running out of ammunition on the battlefield while surrounded by the enemy. That was the first. And then pallets just mysteriously started dropping from the sky and they had ammunition on them. Yeah. Hmm. hmm. Uh, maybe it was maybe it was the ammunition fairy. <laughs> uh, but, yeah. but I'll tell you something. I had never once in my career given two thoughts about where that ammo would come from. I expected it to be there. I was a Green Beret and by gosh, it better be there. But, you know. I found out that people went through hardship in the middle of the night to pack those pallets and get them out. And they loved us. They cared about us. Yeah. But but we'd never stop to respect them. We just go in and, and complain when our support networks are, are falling off somehow. Yeah. And that's only our perception. It's very rarely reality. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I want to uh, publicly thank D.C. Taylor who was my network, and he's the guy behind all this. So I say it at the beginning, I say it at the end, but D.C. Taylor is my man. He's a support network. He's the producer on this show. Thanks, D.C. It's my pleasure. It's always great to have you <laughs> alongside of me. It really of is. Absolutely. You know, so all these lessons. I'm, I, here's what I'm thinking, Greg. I'm thinking, okay, so you, it was about a year you were in the hospital? Over, over a year, yes, Over sir. a year. So can you point to... Any one or two events where you started to have these aha moments? Was it uh, when uh, I read about your wife coming in to the room, uh, when you talked to uh, different uh, religious folks? Can you point to one or two like aha moments that got you thinking this way? Well, I think the first one um, was, you know, no matter what your status in life, I, I always wanted to. Uh, it's always a pleasure to meet pretty nurses, yeah. but not, but not when you're pooping on yourself and you can't do anything for it. Yeah. yeah. Cause these people come in to help you and it's excruciating. It's worse than the pain from the wounds Yeah. to, to go from hero to zero and have people do those things for you. Yeah. So, and I have to say, that's the second part that made me recognize the value of support in our lives. And we fail miserably in building a team if we don't consider our support network primary to that team, yeah. we often get an elitist perspective that only the executive staff is the team. And we just demand that all these other minions do their job. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't work out that way. It doesn't work out that way. As a matter of fact, again, another chapter is no communication, no team. 
Uh, you spent a lot of time on that, and you just mentioned how important that is. First of all, recognize that that support network exists, and uh, right. the communication. Talk to me about communication. Well, if you want to make your people upset, angry, disgruntled, it's easy. Just don't talk to them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, because yeah. it doesn't take long at all. You don't have to tell them anything. They'll come up with their own stuff, <laughs> and yeah. it won't be good usually. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, to get that, it, first of all, to have the A-team, you need that constant communication. And by the way, in the book, we can't go through all the details. There is actual, uh, I'll call them, uh, I wanted to say the word bullet points. I guess that's appropriate for this discussion. But uh, points in the book that you lay out and like how to do build the A-team and how to look at planning and the importance of practice and rehearsal. You really mentioned that several times when you're building an A-team and you want to get a plan done in military or otherwise, how important is rehearsing it, Greg? Well, uh, Donald Rumsfeld uh, spends a little time talking about knowns versus unknowns. You've got known knowns, known unknowns, which are still okay because you can fill in the blanks as you go if you recognize what the unknowns are. But the unknown unknowns, you know, that's the, that's the tricky stuff that you can't see. You don't even know you don't even know. Yeah. And that's where that famous theologian comes in. What's his name? Um, oh, Mike Tyson. Um, <laughs> famous theologian. Yes, sir. And he, he says, said, he said, everybody's got a plan till they get punched in the mouth. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that's usually the unknown unknown. So we have to recognize there's there's far more that we don't know than what we do. And so it takes intellectual humility. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you've got to chat with everybody. You got to involve everyone. You know, I got to tell you that uh, you were not focused on political correctness in this book. What a surprise to me, um, you know, uh, but you kind of let it rip in a few things. So I, I, I found it very refreshing. Um, for instance, in a chapter talking about building an A-team, you talk about real diversity. Uh, tell me more about what you mean by real diversity. Okay. I, I don't, just based on my real world experience now, uh, I'm not a bureaucrat of any kind. I'm, I, I feel pragmatic uh, because lives were at stake with each thing we did and the way we did it mattered. So at the end of the day, diversity to me is not a government program. It's not affirmative action. It's not, it's not any of those things. Diversity to me, it ties back into how much I don't know. And, and I can't and I can't be effective if I keep operating in the same rutted lane. And so diversity to me is the most valuable thing I have because it expands the capabilities of the team, because each culture, um, each race, each religion has perspective, knowledge, experience that I don't have. And mm -hmm. I've been in situations where I needed those things to survive. And sometimes I didn't even know what I needed, but they did. And there have been other times when I was able to help too. Mm -hmm. But most of the time, if we just fly with birds of the same feather, then we really get stuck in our own limitations. Yeah. And, yeah. and so that's what diversity is to me. It's, it's the fact that we need more capability. And, and people just like us don't have more capability. Yeah, yeah. Believe it or not, we need to start wrapping up. I would like to have you wrap up by telling me, uh, again, you call it the chapter nine, I think, the chapter, or excuse me, the secret to 
A-team execution, and you talk about a person named uh, Riley Stevens. Tell me the story about Riley Stevens uh, and why that's important to your book and to what you're trying to get across in your book. One of the biggest barriers to building your own A-team is a sense of personal judgment and, and, and failing to recognize our absolute commonalities and instead choosing to go with petty little perceived differences. When I was an instructor at Fort Bragg, I had a student come in named Riley Stevens, and I didn't care for the guy at all. In fact, I didn't like him at all, not one bit, and I couldn't wait to fail the guy. So I wanted him out of my sight. He was stealing my oxygen. Um, and the day came when he failed, and I had, I had stiff-armed him. I kept him at a distance because I didn't like him. Well, a little later on, he, he reapplied to get back in the program, even though I had recommended him never to return. And his, his level of humility coming back in and his recommendations from senior commanders, he had really turned his life around and, 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 and been a great combat soldier with two combat tours with the regular army. And I was leaving to go back to the A-team anyway when he reapplied for the Special Forces program. And so I gave him a green light uh, and he made it back into the course. He studied hard for two more years and and went through the the most grueling training a person can do in the military. Um, It alters your quality of life for sure. And these these guys like Riley Stevens go through it twice Mm. Mm. just for an just for an accelerated opportunity to die for their country. And uh, and so he did that. And if you fast forward, here I am on the battlefield, and I've got intestines hanging out. I'm, I'm on fire. I've got holes in my body. I'm all beat up, right? And everyone's thinking I'm dying, except they're telling me, hang on, the medic's almost here. But when the medic showed up, it was Riley Stevens. Wow. And, uh, and, and when I saw him, this is a testament to how just – low our human character can be in that bad of shape. I was dying on the battlefield and the only words I could come up with were so selfish. I said, no hard feelings, right? Yeah. Yeah. And of course he didn't, he didn't have hard feelings and he had become a better medic than me. And I, instead of, instead of stiff arming him as a leader, as a peer, as a coworker of any kind, I should have embraced him and and talked to him about the warning signs, the red flags I saw, because the only thing that changed, you know, now he saved my life. I want him on my Christmas card list. I want my, I want my kids to meet the hero that saved my life. But nothing changed in Riley Stevens. The only thing that changed was my ability to see the greatness that was always in him. And as a leader, it was my responsibility to, to groom those and cultivate those good things. But I, I, I put barriers up. Yeah. Well, you have learned, and there's a lot more to the book. Uh, my guest on the Business Builder Show has been Greg Stubbe, S-T-U-B-E. You can find him at gregstubbe.com. His book is Conquer Anything, A Green Beret's Guide to Building Your A-Team. Congratulations on um, your trials and tribulations and turning turning them into a very positive thing in our world and so i appreciate you doing that greg so thanks for being uh being a guest on the show marty thank you so much yeah take care of yourself man 
Thank you for listening to the Business Builder Show with Marty Wolf. Reminding you to find all our shows and many other great shows on C-Suite Radio. That's c-suiteradio.com. On behalf of myself, Marty Wolf, your host, and D.C. Taylor, my executive producer, thank you for listening to the Business Builder Show, but stay tuned for information on how you can become part of the C-Suite Network. Bringing the business classroom to you. It's the Business Builder Show with Marty Wolf. As a loyal fan of this C-Suite Radio Show, we've got an unbelievable offer for you. Listeners to the Business Builder Show get 50% off a C-Suite Network membership. The C-Suite Network will help you become the most strategic person in the room. You'll have access to top-notch benefits and networking, all helping you get the most out of your position. Take advantage of this limited-time offer today. Learn more about the C-Suite Network membership at c-suitenetwork.com slash CSR. Again, that's 50% off a C-Suite Network membership at c-suitenetwork.com slash CSR.